Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for what you've already done in our midst. We thank you for the words you've already put within us. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit now taking these next few moments and opening our hearts to receive. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to take my words and speak heaven's words into the heart of every person present so that we will not be the same. You know where we are. You know what we're facing. You know what we need to hear. I don't, but you do. And so I'm asking you to take these next few moments and take my words and speak heaven's words into the heart of every person present that we'll not be the same in Jesus' name. And somebody shout amen. Well, you may be seated. Glory to God. What an awesome week this has been. What an awesome service this has been. Hallelujah. And how excited am I uh, to, to definitely be a part. And, uh, and you guys are amazing. And I love you. And thank God for you. But, uh, but uh, Pastor Carla started talking Wednesday night. She, started, she prayed Wednesday night at the roundtable meeting, and she was praying about the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. And she was praying that throughout this week, this meeting, that uh, the spirit of wisdom would take over on our behalf. And ultimately, what she really was saying was that not just the spirit of wisdom, but what I heard on the inside of my spirit was that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Now, how many of you know Paul prayed that in Ephesians chapter 1? And Paul prayed it. I pray that almost every single day. I pray it every Sunday, uh, just about every Sunday. I pray almost every single Sunday on behalf of our president on behalf of our government leaders, our congressmen, our senators. I pray for leaders all over the world. And I, my prayer is that the eyes of all of their understanding would be enlightened unto the revelation of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth as to what is the hope of their calling in Christ Jesus. And not just their calling in Christ Jesus, but just like he said, that we would know the power of God to us word who believe. Hallelujah. And not only would we know the power to us who believe, that same power that he used when he raised Jesus from the dead, but that we would know that we have been raised up with him, seated in heavenly places, and that our enemy has been put under our feet. Glory to God. Woo! Woo! I mean, that excites me just to say it, glory to God. Are y'all with me? And so I believe that the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, and that the eyes of our understanding have had an opportunity to be enlightened. But I don't know about Africa, but I do know about North Carolina in the United States, and that is there are many Christians, 
not just in North Carolina, but there are many Christians all over the United States of America, and I do believe all over the world, and, and, and I could probably even venture a guess to even believe that there might even be some here. I mean, I'm not saying necessarily here in church this morning, but I am saying that there could possibly be some here in the nation of Kenya that uh, uh, they, they, they are walking around with blurred vision. I said they're walking around with blurred vision. Hallelujah. In other words, they're not seeing as clearly as they ought to see. They're not seeing as clearly as the door and the opportunity has been opened for us to see. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but there are some days that I may not see quite as clearly as I see other days. Hallelujah. But what do we need to do? We need to make sure that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened. Can you say amen? I mean, you know, we just sang that song, Breakthrough. What do I do when I don't know what to do? I run to you, glory to God. Well, there are many people in the Bible, as we can see, they didn't really know what to do. They didn't know where to go, but they went to Jesus. How many remember Jairus? I preached this here years ago. How many remember Jairus? When Jairus was facing a, a bad situation, it even got worse before the answer came. How many of you know that he left the synagogue? He was the administrator of the synagogue. He was in charge of the synagogue. He was the ruler of the synagogue. He's the one that made sure that everything in the synagogue was running in proper order and in proper place. But when his daughter was lying at the point of death, he didn't go to the priest. He, I mean, to the rabbis. He didn't go to the Sadducees and Pharisees. He went to Jesus. Glory to God. How many of you know, you got to know where to go. Can you say amen? So I want you to, t listen, I, 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 I just had, I, I, glory. I might get y'all up and I might just lead y'all in a song. Where do you go? When you don't know where else to go. Where do you run to? Where is the I'll tell you, I, I, I got it. I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to, I know that's not a key, I'm sorry. I know you can't figure out that key on the keyboard. You didn't even try. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My son-in-law plays our, used to play the keyboard for us and he plays by ear. He plays by ear. I mean, not this ear. He plays, he can play any key. You just start singing, he can start playing. And so I was, I went up after praise and worship one Sunday morning. We're singing in the spirit, Pastor Carla, and we're just singing. <clears throat> and I started singing a new song. And he tried, he was going with me. Then he tried to go with me. Then he quit. <laughs> he just quit playing. So I asked him after church. I said, Troy, why did you quit playing? Left me out there by myself. He said, Pastor, I tried every key I knew. And there wasn't one. So he said, I thought it'd be best just to leave you on your own. Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen, we used to sing this song all the time. I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain and the mountain stands by me when all earth around me is sinking sand on Christ. 
the solid rock I stand. Wherever I go, I go to the rock. Look at somebody say, we're going to the rock today. Say, we're going to the rock today. Hallelujah. So I want you to open your Bible this morning, if you will. I want you to open to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. And we're going to look at a very familiar scripture here, and we're just going to talk about a couple of things for just a minute in Mark chapter 8, and look at verse 22. And we're reading out of the New King James, and it says, Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. Now look up at me just a minute. How many of you know they at least knew where to go? How many of you know they at least knew who to take the blind man to? And they took the blind man to Jesus, and they wanted Jesus to touch him. Hallelujah. And my prayer for us today is that regardless of what we're facing in our life, regardless of what's going on around us, and regardless of what comes against us in the future, that's one thing my wife and I knew, that when we received that doctor's report about our daughter, we knew who to go to. Hallelujah. I said, we knew who to go to. Glory to God. And after, after she went on to be with the Lord, we just preached even more on healing. Glory to God. Are y'all with me? Hallelujah. And so we go to the rock. Now, I want you to look at, um, uh, I want you to, he, now I want you to look at verse 23. Woo! Look at verse 23. So he took the blind man, by, I'm trying to slow down so I could get this across. I could just stand up here and shout and run. I've already had my breakthrough. I, I could just, I, I mean, you just made my day, hallelujah, when you told me what that you asked the Lord about. I mean, I just said, I could go home today, hallelujah. Are y'all with me? He, so he took the blind man by the hand. And he led him out of the town, and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything, and he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Now, Pastor Davies, could you, could you come join me for just a moment? And I want you to just stand, come stand right, isn't he handsome? I said, isn't he handsome? Just stand right there just a moment, okay? Now, I want to I wanna play this out for you for just a moment. How many of you know it said they brought the blind man to Jesus in order that Jesus might, what? Touch him. Hallelujah. But what did Jesus do? Jesus took the blind man by the hand and he led him out of the city. Why did he have to lead him? Because he's blind. <laughs> I mean, there's some things we don't need to even talk about. But he led him because he was blind. But now listen, he led him out to stay right there. He led him out of the city. Now, why did he lead him out of the city? See, there are some times that you got to recognize that what Jesus is about to do in our life. Now, listen, they wanted Jesus to touch him. How many of you know their heart's desire for the blind man was so that Jesus would touch him so that he would what? That he would be able to see. So how many of you know that when Jesus took him by the hand that he what? Touched him. Is that right? I mean, how many of you know I've got pastor, I cannot take Pastor Davy's hand without touching him. So how many of you know Jesus touched the blind man? 
but he didn't touch the blind man for healing. You better listen to me now. You know what he did? He touched the blind man to move him. See, some of us need to be moved from where we are so that we can get our breakthrough that God has planned for us. See, the first touch of Jesus may not be to heal you. The first touch of Jesus may not be to meet your need. The first touch of Jesus might be to move you and to get you out of that environment you've been in, to get you away from some of the people you've been involved with. It might, you just look at somebody and say, you just might need to be moved to today. See, when my wife and I got saved, we had to be moved. Are y'all with me? We smoked those things you talked about earlier. Those jongies, bongies. Bangy. Huh? Bangy. Bangy. We, we didn't just smoke one, like Pastor Carla said. You smoke one joint. I don't know if y'all call them joints here or not. You smoke one joint, next time you got to smoke another. And then they say, they say marijuana doesn't lead to heavier drugs. They're lying through their teeth. Are y'all with me? Hallelujah. But we had to be moved out of the environment that we were in. See, he had to move the blind man out of Bethsaida. Why did he have to move him out of Bethsaida? If you look, matter of fact, look at this scripture. Look at Matthew chapter 11 and look at verse 20. Then he began to rebuke the cities when most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Bethsaida was a Jewish town. Jesus was sent to the Jewish people. And what he's telling them is, listen, if those Gentile cities had seen the miracles that you saw, they would have repented. And what did he have to do? He had to get that blind man out of that environment of unbelief, out of that environment of criticalness, out of that environment of judgment, and he had to get him into an environment to where he could do what he is called to do. Look at somebody say, you might just need to be moved. Now I'm not, listen, you might need to be moved away from, I'm not talking about your husband. I'm not talking about your wife. Are y'all hearing me? But I am talking about those negative, uh, critical, judgmental influencer influencers that are around your life, that are questioning your call, questioning your anointing, questioning your purpose, questioning what God has called you to do. That every time you talk about God, they want to roll their eyes and they don't want to have anything to do with you. You just need to take a step and say, I'm letting Jesus touch me. And the first touch, everybody say the first touch. Look at somebody say the first touch. The first touch. The first touch of Jesus is to move you. Now, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, then the first touch you need today is you need that touch of salvation. 
You need to yield your heart up to the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And you need to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. If you're here today and you've prayed that prayer before, but you know you're not living the life that you know that you should live for Jesus. You know that you've stepped back into the things that you used to do. You've been drawn back into ways that you used to live in. You, matter of fact, Romans chapter 12 says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Matter of fact, the message translation of Romans chapter 12 says, do not embrace the culture that is around you, but embrace the culture of your kingdom, which is the kingdom of God. And as you embrace him, he will embrace you. Glory to God. And so what we must realize is the first touch that Jesus gives to all of us is to do what? Move us. What did he move us from? Pastor Davis and I, before we got saved, we lived in the kingdom of darkness. He lived in the kingdom of darkness in Africa. I lived in the kingdom of darkness in North Carolina. The kingdom of darkness was the same. It was the same. It was the same. It was stealing, killing, and destroying. It was the same devil in Africa, same devil in North Carolina. He was smoking bingi guni. What'd you say? Bongi. Bongi. He was smoking bongi, and I was smoking marijuana. He was doing whatever, and I was snorting cocaine. He was drinking yeah, alcohol. Alcohol? Every kind. What kind? Every kind? Every kind. I knew we were brothers. <laughs> he was drinking every kind. I mean, if it was alcohol, I wanted it, glory to God. And I didn't drink just to drink sociably. I drank to get drunk, glory to God. Well, not glory to God on that. We don't, we don't glory to God on that, okay? We don't glory on that one. <laughs> Listen, I was a good heathen. See, there's some bad heathens. You know what a bad heathen is? A bad heathen that just don't know Jesus and they don't do anything and they're just, they're just moving along. I was a good heathen. I mean, I served the devil with everything within me. I did everything I could do to seek those pleasures Pastor Carla was talking about. But I can tell you right now, when I got moved, you know what I got moved? I was in, Pastor Davis and I were in the kingdom of darkness, kingdom of poverty. I was in poverty. I lost everything I had. I mean, well, you were what? In poverty multiplied. He was in poverty multiplied. <laughs> I was in poverty with him. I mean, we lost everything. Pastor Davies, we couldn't even get a portrait made of our family. You know why? Because every time the photographers say cheese, the kids would get up to get a piece. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> we were so hungry. They were so hungry. They thought, cheese, cheese, glory. Okay, but, but listen, Pastor Davies, I was in the kingdom of sickness, kingdom of disease, kingdom of poverty, the kingdom of bondage, the kingdom of addiction. And that's what you're in. But then Jesus touched us and he took us by the hand and he moved us out of that kingdom. Glory to God. Out of that kingdom of darkness, and he moved us into the kingdom of his dear son, which is the kingdom of healing, deliverance, safety, Glory. soundness, Glory. prosperity, Glory. the kingdom of new birth. Glory! Woo! Hallelujah. When my wife and I got saved, 
We didn't know we were supposed to quit smoking Benji. <laughs> we didn't know we were supposed to quit drinking. Nobody told us. We started going to church. And the church we went to, everybody there did it also. I mean, even the associate pastor. I taught a Sunday school class. We would have a Sunday school class party, have an open bar at the Sunday school class party. So nobody told us. And then we were invited to a spirit-filled church, a Holy Ghost-filled church. We, didn't, we, were like the, we were like the people in Ephesus. We didn't even know what the Holy Ghost was. We didn't even know there was one. And we went to that church that night. And we're there with some friends of ours. And this lady right, right, right down in front of us, on the pew right in front of us, all of a sudden, she started speaking in tongues. I punched Rodney beside me. I said, they ain't from around here. <laughs> I mean, I ain't never heard that language before. And I said, I don't know where they from, but they ain't from North Carolina. Hallelujah. And then all of a sudden, we found out about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And my wife said a fire began to burn on the inside of her belly. In other words, what was beginning to happen, not only was she touched the first time, and we were touched and brought out of this kingdom, we were moved into another kingdom. Heaven would be our home. No doubt about it. We knew Jesus as our Savior. There was no doubt about it. But a second touch, Look at somebody say the second touch. Look at somebody say the second touch. That night she got a second touch. Pastor Carla, she didn't even know what that second touch was. But that night she got a second touch. And her belly began to burn. And a fire began to burn on the inside of her. And on the way home, Pastor Davies, she said, when we get home, we're going to pour all that Benji down the drain. We're going to pour all that. I mean, we're going to pour all the beer down the drain. We're going to flush all the marijuana and the cocaine down the commode. I said, have you lost your mind? I said, we're not going to do that. We'll drink it all, smoke it all, store it all, and then we just won't buy any more. Hallelujah. But no, she wouldn't accept that. Why? She'd been touched a second time. Look at somebody say, Jesus wants to touch you a second time. Glory to God. So what did, we're not going to read it. So what did they do? What did he do to the man? He took him out of the city. He touched him the first time and he moved him out of that kingdom he used to be in. And he moved him into another kingdom. And then the Bible says he spit in his eyes. All right, Pastor Davies, you, you've been okay so far. I'm getting ready. I've been thinking about this all morning. <laughs> and he spit in his eye. Listen, Pastor Carla, if we start spitting in people's eyes, it'd probably cut down on the prayer line a little bit, you know. <laughs> but listen, what did he do? He, he spit on his eyes, and then what did he do? He touched him. What did he do? He touched him the second time. Took his hands off. And he said, can you see? Can you see? And you know what the man said? The man said, well, he said, uh, well, I, I see men walking, but they look like trees. They look like trees. See, listen to me, church. When Jesus touches you the first time, 
He's touching you to move you because he's got a place to take you. When he touches you the second time and he asks you, how are you doing? He's expecting an honest answer. Are you hearing me? Some people want to play games at church. Oh, I'm okay. My, my, my family and I are awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's nothing wrong in our home. There's nothing wrong in my family. Oh, I've got it all together. Are you hearing me? Do you know how many liars there are in church? Not here because Pastor Carl has been teaching you about truth. <laughs> Do you hear me? Listen to me. There used to be a book out years ago in, in the U.S. called It's Okay Not to Be Okay. And everybody took hold of that. Oh, thank God. It's okay not to be okay. Man, that was running rampant in the body of Christ. Oh, God. It's okay not to be okay. Finally, I took that to our pulpit one Sunday. And I said, you know, there's a book, Pastor Davies, going around and says, it's okay. I didn't say Pastor Davies. I didn't know Pastor Davies back then. But I said, it's, it, there's a book going around and said, it's okay not to be okay. And everybody wants to say, it's okay not to be okay. So just leave me where I am. I'm okay because I'm okay in, my, in, in the way I am. I'm okay serving God half-heartedly. It's okay. My, we're doing all right. I don't have to be like y'all. And I looked at everybody. I I said, okay, it's okay not to be okay, but it is not okay to stay that way. Jesus doesn't want you to stay okay. Jesus wants you to stay blessed. Jesus wants you to have breakthrough. Jesus wants you to move into where he wants you to go. That's why, listen to me, that's why he touched him the second time. And then he said, can you see? Now, how many of you know, once again, Jesus knew the answer to the question. You did. When Jesus asks a question, he's not looking for an answer that he doesn't already know. So no, no need of playing games with Jesus. There are times that I've gone to him and I said, Jesus, you know right where I am. I'm not in good shape right now. You know right where I am. I'm hurting right now. You know right where I am. Now, I'm not going to call up Sister Bucket Mouth and tell her. Y'all know what Bucket Mouth means? If you don't, that means you call up somebody for prayer and then they call up everybody they know and tell them your problem. Are y'all with me? It's okay if I go to Jesus and say, today, Lord, listen, my, my wife and I are hurting. We need a touch. We, we, we're saved. We're no longer in the kingdom of darkness. We're no longer in the kingdom of poverty and sickness and disease. We're no longer in that kingdom. We're in the kingdom of God. And, and Jesus we, we're, we, we are hurting today. I'm hurting today. But I'm not going to come out here and tell you. When I show up at church on Sunday morning, ain't nobody going to know I'm hurting. Uh-uh, why? Because you ain't the one that can help me. You ain't the one that needs to touch me. I don't need you to touch me. I need that second touch from him. And when he would, listen to this, when he was honest with Jesus, and he touched his eye. He said, what do you see? He said, I see men. They're walking, but they look like trees. And then, listen to this. What, what happened then? He had been touched by Jesus, but his vision was still what? 
blurred. Put up Isaiah chapter 6 for me. Isaiah chapter 6. I think it's Isaiah 6. No, Psalm 6. Psalm 6. My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all of my enemies. What does the devil want you to do? Even though you're in this kingdom of light, kingdom of healing, kingdom of deliverance, kingdom of prosperity, kingdom of breakthrough, you're in the kingdom of love and joy and peace, you're in this kingdom, what does the devil want you to do? Through grief, through sorrow, through the attacks of the enemy, through his continual attacks against you, through them coming to try to hold you back and to keep you from your breakthrough. What is he trying to do? He's not trying to keep you from going to heaven. He doesn't care if you go to heaven. What is he trying to do? He's trying to blur your vision. He's trying to blur your vision. Because if we can't see where God is leading us, and wants us, are y'all with me? He wants us to get our eyes on him. So he said, Lord, I no, I said, I see men walking, but they look like trees. And then what did Jesus do? Jesus touched him a third time. Glory to God. Touched him a third time. He touched him a third time. And when we touched him a third time, he, the Bible says, he He says, and he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Listen, don't you quit on that second touch. Don't you quit on that third touch. Y'all remember Naaman in the Old Testament? The captain that came to Elijah, I mean Elisha, And he wanted Elisha. He thought Elisha was going to come out and speak some supernatural, overwhelming, glory-filled words and wave his hands all over him. And he was going to experience something supernatural and his leprosy was going to be healed. But Elisha didn't even go out to see him. Y'all know this story. He sent his servant Gehazi. And he said, you go tell Naaman to go dip in the river Jordan seven times and he'll be healed. Listen to me. I don't know if you're on your first touch, second touch, third touch, fourth touch, fifth touch. I don't know if you came this morning dealing with some of the exact same things you've dealt with in the past, but yet you got a breakthrough in it. Now the enemy's bringing it back again. So he knows no new packages. He brings the same attack against us again, wraps it up in a different bow, puts a different bow on it, but he brings it against us again. I don't know what, I don't know how many touches today may be for you, but I do know don't you ever give up on letting Jesus touch you and touch your family because it could be that third touch. It might be that fourth touch. It could be that fifth touch. What would have happened if Naaman, who didn't really want to go to the River Jordan, but what would have happened to Naaman if he'd have gone down the fifth time and came back up and said, 
said, nothing's happening here. I'm leaving. I'm not going to do this again. But he went down the sixth time and he went down the seventh time. When he came up the seventh time, he came up completely healed, whole and well. And I believe today... You're receiving the touch you need today. Let's all stand on our feet. Let's all stand on our feet. Pastor Davis and I haven't had a hands go since I grabbed his hand. And it's almost like I can't let his hand go. And I tried a moment ago to let it go and I can't. I couldn't. And so today, I believe by Pastor Davis and I holding our hands together and stretching out to you. First of all, if you're here this morning and you need that first touch, in other words, you've never given your heart to the Lord Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. You're here today and you've never had that first touch of new birth to your life. And you'd say, today, I want to receive Jesus. Today, I want that first touch over me. I want that first touch over my family. So if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your personal Savior, then just lift your hand and wave it at me right now. Anybody, anywhere, throughout this congregation, lift your hand and wave it at me right now. And that first touch is going to be come to you from the Holy Spirit of God and to, from the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I'm looking all over this congregation. Anybody waving at me, wave at me if you don't know Jesus as you're saved. There's a hand right there. Is that hand? Anybody else? In the back. All right, here's what we're going to do. You see, you that are standing beside those that lifted your hand, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray right now, and you're going to receive that first touch. And then someone is going to talk with you. So let's pray. Everybody say this with me. Say, God, I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe now that he was crucified, dead and buried. And the third day, raised from the dead. Right now, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Jesus, your word says that if I believe in my heart unto righteousness, Confess with my mouth unto salvation. I will be saved. I will receive that first touch in Jesus' name. Right now, I say, I believe under righteousness. I say, with my mouth. Jesus is my Lord. So therefore, right now, I receive the first touch. I am removed. I am moved out of the 
the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your dear son. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, if you're here this morning and you, in some things of the word, you might have a little blur. See, Peter didn't have any blurriness in his vision when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. There was no, his, his vision was not blurred. And Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my father, which is in heaven. And then Jesus thought, that because Peter's vision was so good about him being the Messiah, Jesus thought, I can share with him, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be crucified. Peter, his vision was blurred on the full picture. So you might can have, listen, I hope you heard that. I got glory bumps all over me. That went all over me. See, you might have clear vision in one portion of scripture, but you might be blurred in another portion. See, some people have clear vision when it comes to healing. They have no trouble receiving their healing. But then when it comes to prosperity and walking in the financial blessings of God, they're blurred. You know why? Because that requires being generous. They're blurred. Their vision is blurred. See, some people don't have a problem even with prosperity. But then when it comes to pain in their body, their vision is blurred because of the pain they feel. And it blurs their vision from seeing. So I don't know today if anyone here has blurred vision. I don't know today if anyone up here has any blurred vision about anything in the Word that the Word has promised you, that the Word has said belongs to you, that Pastor Carl and Pastor Davies has preached to you. I don't know if there's any part of that word that's blurred in your life or not. But I do know this. God sent me here today to clear your vision. So I want everybody to lift their hands. Father, I know you sent me here today to pray over this congregation and to pray over Pastor Carl and Pastor Davies and the leaders of this church. So Father, today I thank you that for every person here and every part of their vision concerning the Word, concerning their future, concerning their freedom, concerning their lives spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially. Every part of that, Father, that any segment of it whatsoever that is blurred. Father, I know you told me to pray and that you would clear their vision. And so, Father, right now, I do what you said to. And I pray that their vision will become clear. And I speak over their vision I say blurriness, bow 
your need in the name of Jesus. And now, Father, today, I thank you for that third touch, maybe that fifth touch, maybe that ninth touch, whatever it is, Father, I thank you that as Pastor Davies and I stand here in agreement, that whatever touch it is, that every person today, right now, is receiving that touch, and freedom is there. In Jesus' name. Somebody say, I receive it. Somebody shout, I receive it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.